I'm Lisa Collins, and welcome to Real Christianity with attorney Mosley Collins and his guest, Dr. Donald Partridge. Here's Mosley. I am attorney Mosley Collins, and welcome to today's edition of Real Christianity. And I'm joined in the studio by my dear friend, Dr. Donald Partridge. Hello, Don. Hi, Mosley. And we are in a series we've entitled With Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. And what a wonderful trip it is. Um, we are now at chapter 3. Yes. And Don, what are the major uh, subjects in chapter 3 of the, Matthew? There are two. Uh, we're going to look at John the Baptist and his ministry. And the second one is John baptizing Jesus. Right. All right. So let's look at uh, beginning chapter 3, verse 1. It says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is is at hand. And you have a really interesting insight on this guy, John the Baptist. Well, look at the, look at what happens. Let's just stand back and look look at look at stand way back and look at what's going on. There is a religious system going on now. The these Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees. Uh, there's the there's the religious system of how they worship and how they go to the synagogue and their temples and everything is all set up. Uh, it's been go- running mostly for hundreds of years, and God has compassion on his people because he sees that this religious system has gone wholly corrupt. And so what what does he do in his compassion? He's going to send his son. Everything is centered around his son. And he sends his forerunner, John the Baptist. As we see here in verse 3, this is he who was spoken by the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John came to prepare the way of the Lord for Jesus. But look how what he's done. He's outside of the religious system. Yeah. Suddenly, right. he just appears from mm-hmm. the desert of all things, mostly. Right, right. He just appears. You know, So it's not like someone who worked their way up through the ranks and learned and so forth. It was, someone who just it was came, just a skilled orator yeah. or things, you know. He yeah. just came crashing in from crashing the desert. Crashing in from the desert. Because that's how sick the system was. Yes, yeah, oh yeah. And uh um it, it's interesting that Jesus also too came outside of the religious system. I mean yes, he, he, he was and this is Hebrews really worked on this. He was after the order of Melchizedek mm-hmm. with no lineage, right. uh, seemingly no lineage, no uh-huh. background, no we don't know anything about him, no history. Suddenly this Melchizedek appears when Abraham comes back from the war with the kings. Yes. And, and Okay, and guess guess what? Who else is outside the system? The disciples who become apostles. Yes, they weren't like Jesus didn't surround himself with some smart Pharisees. Right. He took fishermen. Right. In fact, the Pharisees. It says in Acts that they took notice of them that they were ignorant and unlearned, unlearned. men, and they took notice of them that they had been, but with, they Jesus. Had been with Jesus. Mm. Yeah. So here, all everything God is doing is from outside the system. It's outside the system. Because the system's bad. and It's it, broken. And it even reminds me of this. You know, after Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead, in 70 A.D., there was still a temple there that still could have been the Old Testament-style worship. Oh, yeah. But in 70 A.D., the Roman army came and destroyed utterly that temple, just yes. pulled every stone off of it mm-hmm. and just wiped it out. It was just just totally destroyed the temple, making it impossible 
to live the old covenant. So they left him with nothing but what Jesus brought, which is the new covenant, the New Testament. Yes. So all these things come from outside. So John the Baptist comes and he's preaching to those people. And, you know, it used to be a comfort to me why I was, you know, I've I've always, uh, ever since you and I went to Bible college, I've always felt called to ministry and I've always tried to be in the ministry. Um, uh, You're kind of in the ministry, but you're also having to earn a living, but you're still doing the work. But there's something they say about John the Baptist was always an encouragement to me. And the Bible says in another gospel that John was in the desert until the day of his showing, his, of his appearing, yeah. showing unto Israel. Mm-hmm. So I always say, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to come forward when, in God's timing, and have a ministry that that reaches people. And so here we are. And here we are. <laughs> and and look at look at John. I'll tell you, it's not the it's not the um, wealth of this man because he, no. he apparently didn't have any. Um, mm-hmm. He his his raiment that he wore was uh, uh, second class, I guess. Uh, Jesus even talked about this, as we'll we'll read later on in in the gospel here. But um, uh, but but it's not the size of the man, it's not the wealth of the man, but it's the wealth of his message mostly. Yes. And and he came with such a message that it attracted and spellbound, held spellbound people from all over the area. And we're talking about millions. <clears throat> of people coming out to see this John the Baptist. Yeah. He was a, he was, I think, the the rocks, you might say the rock star. He was a sensation of that era right yeah. there. And you know what it says? It says uh, the prophecy of regarding him was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, mm-hmm. not in the temple, not in Jerusalem, but in the wilderness. Right, not in the great urban centers no. of society. Mm-hmm. So he's out there and uh, he's preaching and people, and it says um, in verse five, all, all Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. And that's a great work. It's, it's not the ultimate work. Uh, you know, there's elsewhere, and we'll talk about this when we get to it, the, 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 the uh, apostles are, and Paul were, talking to people and they said we only know the baptism of john mm-hmm. and they more they more carefully explain to them the new life in jesus but you know when you can confess your sins and be baptized um dying to your old self rising to new self that's 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 really good well you know i think what there's what he's saying what what they're saying here is he had a response from the from the common people mm-hmm. and it was a good response all held him as a prophet later on the bible says and uh in other words, his ministry was very successful. Yeah, it was. I mean, and, and he had people hanging on his words. He was an incredible speaker, or else he would not have attracted these people. But not just an incredible speaker, although I think that's a good point. He was anointed by God. Yes. Just as Paul said, I didn't come to you in excellence of speech, but I came in the power of the Spirit. So here God is anointing him. God is is actually working through him, and I pray that God would be with us, Don, as we teach this Bible. Yes, in the same way. So um, they're baptized, but then, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to the baptism, he said to them, "Welcome, brothers." Yeah, right. Yeah. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> he could have said, you know, if you were out there and you're just an outsider and you're um, having your ministry, and pretty soon the religious leaders start coming out, you're thinking, hey, I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm going to hang with these guys. Yeah. Maybe they'll invite me to preach at the temple. Yeah. 
But he didn't, you know, he says, you know, this is going to be good for me. I'm going to get money. I'm going I'm to get position. I'll quit, be able to quit wearing these camel hair coats, and I'll be able to eat something other than locusts and wild honey probably. I'll be yeah. dining with them like yeah. on a king's table. But he doesn't say any of that. He says to them, brood of vipers who warns you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham to our father, for I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. So what a, what a, that's the mark of a really committed guy because, you know, he could, the easy way out would have been to say, oh, I'm going to hang with these, these uh, religious leaders now and my life's going to be better and I'm going to be honored by them. I'm rubbing elbows now with the great, mm-hmm. with the rich and famous, with the with those who have the titles and the authority yes. and, the, and the and the finances and, and the, the influence. and the praise of men, the praise of men to be seen in the synagogue and to be s- greeted on the street corners with Rabbi, Rabbi, and to wear all the gear. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have anything to do with it. He in didn't fact, go for that. What his message was. And it says, you know, people came to him confessing their sins and were baptized confessing their sins. His message in verse 2 was repent for the kingdom of heaven. That that means repent, have a lifestyle change. And again, he's saying to the Pharisees and Sadducees, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. His, His life was devoted to virtue. Yeah. Live a virtuous mm-hmm. life. He was a forerunner. Mm-hmm. He was preparing people to meet the Lord. How did he do that? He talked about virtuous living, Mosley. Yeah. Something that you and I kind of camp on when we're working um, ourselves with individuals with the Bible. Mm-hmm. We talk about behavior change. We're not talking about know this more, realize this more, although we like knowledge in the, of the Word and to realization and revelation, all that. But hey, if it's not working, behavior change then uh, we're not interested. Yeah. So John the Baptist confronts him. And here, listen how similar uh, it is to what Jesus said in Matthew 23, verse 33, beginning at 33. He says, you serpents, talking to the same people, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets, John the Baptist, yes, and wise men and scribes, and some of them you shall kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zerachias, son of Berechias, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. I mean, Jesus had the same message. And, you know... um, God puts people in the world to do his will, to do his work, to bring his message, and sometimes these people are persecuted, and that's just the way God allows it to be. These scribes and Pharisees felt this, mostly, that they were part of a heritage and a lineage, and they were part of Abraham. They were part of Isaac and Jacob and King David and the kings of Israel and the good guys of Israel. And they felt that they had, because of this lineage, they had some sort of 
security, that they can go live whatever heck the life they wanted to live because they were the children of Abraham, therefore of the seed of Abraham, therefore accepted by God. And I'm telling you something, Mosley, in our 40 years, I've seen this also among individuals of, of Christian faith, that they believe that, well, God accepts me through Jesus, I'm okay with Jesus, and I can go live a certain type of lifestyle. Yeah. And that's our message of you cannot. Yeah. You cannot go. One of the measurements of a person in Christ is the fact that their lifestyle is different. The lifestyle is the measurement. It's the assessment whether we're in these things or not. And if the lifestyle isn't there, then then our faith is in vain. Yeah. Paul, Paul is saying, yeah. and th- I mean, what is circumcision? But it's the circumcision of the heart. It's it's something that's happening inside. It's a behavior change, and so these guys are thinking it's their lineage. And Paul and John even says, verse nine: Do not think to say to yourselves, "We have Abraham as our father," which they were, and relying upon that, God's able of these stones to rise up Abraham, uh, children to Abraham. But even now, the axe is laid into the root of the trees. Every tree which does not bear forth good fruit. That's his point. Cut down, throw into the fire. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you call yourself. I don't care what name you call yourself. If you don't have this fruit, it's not working for you. Right, and here's the the application. There are people who are saying, I'm a member of of First Baptist Church. I'm a member of Bayside. I'm a member of of, uh, St. Mary's. And God would say to you, don't say to you, within yourselves that because you're a member of one of these churches you're going to heaven that's right because if you don't bring forth fruits of repentance you're not and here's a here's a parable that i I love this parable it's in luke chapter 13 beginning of verse 6 and jesus spoke this parable a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came seeking fruit on it and found none Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But the gardener answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also, and I will dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bear fruit, well. And then if not, you can cut it down. Well. Isn't that what a lot of our great pastors are saying today to the Lord? Lord, I've got this flock of people. I know they're disgruntled and complainers. Let me work a little bit more with them. But, you know, <laughs> I'm telling you, Mosley, uh, behavior change is the name of the game. And, and John the Baptist is not messing with the subject. He is saying, mm-hmm. repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Bear fruit of your repentance. And look at this. The ax is laid to the root of the trees. This yeah. is not a pruning. Oh, this, boy, good this point. Is, this is a cutting down. This is the destroying. He's going right for the absolute mm-hmm. heart of the person. Yeah, The acts of God is laid at the root of every person who doesn't bring forth fruits of repentance. I think so. I think that's exactly what it's saying. Furthermore, he's saying, I'm baptized—and and look at me. I'm just baptizing you with water. I'm telling you there's someone's coming after me who's mightier than I, whose, whose sandals I am not worthy to bear. Mm-hmm. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and fire. His widow and a fan is in his hand. He will clean out his threshing floor. He'll gather his wheat into his barn. He will burn up the chaff with unquestionable fire. I think the first point here is this work of the Holy Spirit is further work toward Mosley creating virtue in people's lives. Yeah. I, I sincerely believe that. And the virtue only 
will occur after they receive Christ as Savior. Yes, you it is a godly virtue. There. Yes, yeah. there is no virtue that impresses God aside from a person who is saved. And you know, here's it's a, another verse that I'm reminded of is John fifteen six because the Bible says we need to abide in Christ, abide in Christ, I love rest that in verse. Christ, yes. trust in Christ live in Christ. And Jesus said, if a man does not abide in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Yes. That's what happens if you don't abide in Christ. Right. You're, you're gathered, you're withered and you're cast into a fire. And how do we know we're abiding in Christ because of this virtue and behavior change? This is so important. In, in other words, Mosley, here's the point. Christianity works. It really does. It produces transformation. If you're a person in Jesus Christ, you are a new creation, and it works. And therefore, if it doesn't work, then we have to question the person's faith. I mean, why isn't it working? Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I know this is a tough subject. It's not a fun subject to talk about, but it's a real one, and we're trying to be honest with our listeners and honest with ourselves mostly, you and yeah. me. Mm-hmm. I mean, this message is to us too. Yeah, absolutely. We, we have to, too, bear fruits of our repentance. Yeah. And if we don't, we have to rethink this because yeah. and, and rethink our behavior. All right, so let's go down to verse 13 with the baptism of Jesus. You ready to go there? Yeah, let's go. Then Jesus came up from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him, and John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you're coming to me. But Jesus answered and said, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness and then he allowed him. Talk about fulfilling all righteousness. Look at him. Look mm-hmm. at our master. And it, Jesus came to John to be baptized not because Jesus needed repentance, not because Jesus had ever sinned, because he's the one person who never sinned. Yes. He came to be anointed for his public ministry of saving the world. Well, and and to do all that God requires of all of us. Yeah. He, and so he, he modeled it. He's fully man and fully God. Yes. And so he's modeling it. He's what, modeling it. Mm-hmm. It, it. It is important for him to model this and to, to, to set the example. Right. And so, and, and also to be, to, to uh, get, get anointed for future ministry. You and if you are saved and if you love the Lord Jesus and if you're walking with Jesus, you need to make sure you're baptized. It's just one of the things you should do as a Christian. Yes. You know? Yes. Hey, let's look at verse 14 real fast. Look at John. Just stand back and look at him. He is absolutely the authority to tens of thousands and millions of people all over the area. They're all coming to listen to him and to hear from him and be baptized by him, confessing their sins. Look at his authority and then look at his humble humility. Oh, my gosh. When he gets to Jesus, he's nothing. He just says, hey, and he even said, whose who, who sandals I am not worthy to carry in verse 11. And then Jesus comes to him and he goes, I need to be baptized by you. Look at his, mm, look at his, gosh. look at his authority and look at his absolute, absolute humility before the Lord Jesus Christ, mostly. I pray to God that we could have that humility. Oh. Because it'd be so easy for him oh to say, look, even Jesus is coming to me. I must be the rock star of all rock stars. Oh, I have everyone come to me. Hey, even, look, at, even look at Jesus. Jesus. Look what I've done, you know. Yeah. yeah. I'll make you, I'll put you on my um, advisory board and uh, you can help me build my ministry further. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm. Okay, verse 16. And when Jesus had been baptized, uh, 
He came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And what I love about this little portion of Scripture is the whole Trinity shows up here. Yes. God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. All showed up there on the, and the, on the banks of the River Jordan. Isn't that amazing? Yes, and the centerpiece is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Because God is God is God the Father's purpose that he would have all the preeminence. That's right. And you know, there are people who want to say that that the son would have all preeminence. That the son. Yeah. And there are people who say they're all about God but have no no time for Jesus. Those people are completely lost. They don't even understand the letter A when it comes to the yeah. alphabet in God. You know. So, yeah. so when people talk to me about God, well, I don't know where they're at, but they talk to me about Jesus, then I know. Yes. If someone says they love God, well, I'm, I'd like to hear more. But if someone says they love Jesus, then I know. Because here's the deal. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except by him. And that's what, that's, and that's the, that's what pleases the Father. And that's where a lot of religions go so wrong. They want to be all about God and not about Jesus. But Jesus is what God wants us to focus on. It goes back to what you said, Mosley. Don't we want what the heart of John? Mm-hmm. When John saw Jesus, he mm-hmm. just he just said, uh, it's, it's your deal. This is your deal. This is not mine. Yeah. Everything about you is... Uh, it, it's all about you and not about me at all. And here the Father saying... Um, here the father is saying, uh, it, this is my son, yeah. whom I will please. And here's just a small point. Um, Jesus was an adult when he was baptized, and he was immersed. So let's uh, take a break, and we'll come back with more. Our final nugget we'd like you to take from today's study. Attorney Collins and Dr. Partridge will be right back. Real Christianity is brought to you each day by the personal injury law offices of attorney Mosley Collins. If you have been badly injured and need help, call us at 916-444-4444. Just remember, all fours for legal help. And now, here is Attorney Collins and Dr. Partridge with their final thoughts. So here we're back, Don. We have a short time left to try and give some one or two nuggets that our listeners can take. And I think the first nugget is going to be how God had to go outside the system and bring in a total outsider to bring his message and to announce the coming of his son. Yeah, and we and we join with that in, mm-hmm. and let us go outside the camp. Yes. And bearing about the body and the death of the Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. like Jesus went outside the camp to die. And let us let us not be part of the great systems. Yes, you know, this, this is not uh, a system that uh, God will, doesn't approve of a system where all the religions are members. That's right. Well, you've got the Baha'is. Oh, you've got the Muslims. Oh, you've got the Christians. Oh, you've got the uh, Hindus. Oh, oh, this is going to be all great. You know, we're all going to be uh, Unitarian. We're all going to... No, that's not God's way. God comes from outside that big religious system, and he brings in the truth, which is Jesus heralded by John the Baptist. Not even a popular message today. Even though we're a nation under Christianity, you might say, it's still not popular to be 
a Jesus person, mm-hmm. to be part of him and to honor and love him. You're kind of an outsider when you do that. Yeah, because the Christian religion is really a religion of exclusion because there's only one way. Yes. And that's Jesus. Yes. So Don and I pray that what you've heard here today will help you live a life of real Christianity. Hi, it's Mosley again. You know, before I went to law school and became an attorney, I graduated from Bible college. So teaching the Bible and practicing law as a Christian lawyer has been my passion for over 30 years. As a lawyer, my specialty is helping those with the very worst injuries, the most serious injuries. Each week, people call my law office who've been badly injured by reckless drivers, careless doctors, and in different types of mishaps and accidents. My job, with God's help, is to win their cases and give them a fresh start, a new hope, a better life. If you've been badly injured and need my help, call me and my staff at 916-444-4444. That's all fours for legal help. And always remember this, that Jesus Christ is coming again to reign as King of Kings, and he gives eternal life to all who love him.